Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Ben and Brand's See a Movie. I am your host, Ben Friedman, and with me, as always, is Branson and Nilicato. Branson, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm preparing for vacation. You're yeah, not I know. going to hear from me at all next week, just yes. like last week, really. Yes. Uh, next week, I'll have a special guest uh, who I'll share with you guys next week. But yes, we should talk about that fact that we did not record last week, mm-hmm. and it's actually for a very sad and obvious reason it's because after our Greece episode Branson had to take some racial sensitivity classes he had to work on bettering himself he found enlightenment mm-hmm. he watched some Spike Lee movies yeah and I'm, I'm friends with Spike Lee on Facebook yeah. now <laughs> and so we're just glad to know that uh, he is a better man mm-hmm. one might say that I did the right thing Oh, which is and, and <laughs> very close to the title luckily of he's Spike gone. Lee's movies. Luckily he's gone next week, guys, so we don't have to deal with this insensitive. Oh. <laughs> I've gotten more sensitive. I'm infinitely more sensitive. But anyway, guys, we are back. We're back this week, and boy, do we have an episode for you, because we did not prep this movie until literally this morning. Yeah. About the afternoon. I think we both realized, I, I think all this week, um, since since last week failure um, to record Howard the Duck that will come soon we promise yeah Howard is coming um, soon 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 ish um, but <laughs> uh, not at all <laughs> um, but yeah Ben and I were like so uncoordinated and like normally I'm a pretty bad texter. But, like, this week we were both, <laughs> so... We had a lot going on in our personal yes, lives. Yes, we did. And then on, like, yesterday, we're recording this on Tuesday evening, and yesterday I texted Ben, I was like, are we recording tomorrow? And he's like, yeah. And then today, and then we didn't say anything, and then today we were like, what movie are we going to yeah. talk about? So, <laughs> so we so, just kind of rattled off some so movies we, that we know fairly well. Yeah, we're like, what movie can we kind of rewatch really quickly? Maybe see some of the important scenes, but also can just talk off without like we know this movie back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird one we came up with, but God, am I so happy we chose this movie? We're this talking week, grown ups. We are talking Adam Sandler's grown ups, guys. <laughs> I will give the brief film historian. Uh, does it even matter? It's not really. <laughs> it's uh. Grown Ups comes out in 2010. It stars Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Kevin James, Rob Schneider, David Spade, Maya Rudolph, and uh, Sama Hayek. It is directed by, uh, let me pull up the name because I can't think of it right off the top of my head, Dennis Duggan. That's who it is. Dennis Duggan. It is a Happy Madison Productions film, which if you don't know, that's Sandler's uh, producing company. So they made this in 2010. Huge box office success, hugely popular with fans for the most part. Uh, critically, it was a failure, 5.9 on IMDb, 11% Oof. Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. And I guess this is actually where uh, my hill to die on is. Is This isn't really a hill to die on because I feel like most... I'm not going to say most because I know Sandler has a lot of people who aren't the biggest fans of his comedies. Yes. He's a, he's a very polarizing figure. For being a really nice guy. From yeah. all accounts. Like, you see him in interviews, and Sandler is, seems like the most genuine guy you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Every picture I've ever seen of him, though, just, like, in public, he's always wearing really baggy basketball shorts. Yeah, he's a man of the people. He's but, got... He's, he's got... He got that drip, though. Yeah. But my hill to die on is that this is one of the funniest movies ever made. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> wow, we... Seriously, what I love this drop. movie. 
from start to finish, I think this movie is hysterical. All right. Wow. I that was not the hill that I was expecting from you, but okay. Um yeah, I this movie this is one of those I it's hard for me to even think of a a hill to die on for this one because I go back and forth on it so much. Um I for me, okay, here's my hill. Uh this comedy will make you question whether you are a fan of comedy movies or not. And the reason I say that is um, every time that I watch the movie, I enjoy it. There are some really funny moments. There are some really genuinely heartwarming moments. Yes. And then there are also some very, uh, shall we say, Adam Sandler brand jokes. And I, I don't even know how you would describe them. How would you describe them, Ben? You know what? I'm going to counter you real quick with a <sighs> kind of second hill to die on, but it relates to my first hill to die on. Adam Sandler could write, to be or not to be, that is the question. But William Shakespeare could never make a joke about a 48-year-old month kid being breastfed. <laughs> it's just facts. Well, yeah, I ge- yeah, I guess so. But <laughs> Sandler, could, Chandler could do Shakespeare. Shakespeare could not do grownups. <laughs> That's my hill to die on. What a what an odd. Okay, I don't even know where to go from that. Um, I facts stops. <laughs> facts. There's no coming back from that. We just end the podcast right now. No, just we're kidding. Not we're gonna not going to end, end the podcast right now. I'll I'll throw in the jingle there. Um, but uh, yeah, there there are just those certain jokes. Um, it's sort of the the I don't want to say lowest common denominator, but it's the sort of they're the sort of jokes they're in and they're out of this movie um, where you know it's like on the level of someone getting hit in the groin by a golf ball. Yes, that which is sort hysterical. of idea. I guess so. It appeals to like that caveman part of my brain that's like, ha ha, man got hit in ball. Um, we're we're going to be on full disagreement this week. I can just tell. Maybe I. Yeah, I I don't even know how to like construct my hill to die on this week. But um, let's just I I yes, okay here go for it. I like this movie more than I dislike this movie. Okay, that's fair. That's a good hill. All right. So I'll just get the brief plot overview if it even matters. <laughs> the plot overview is five friends who all played basketball together when they were kids get back together because their basketball coach dies, so they go to the funeral, and then they decide to have a Memorial Day weekend uh, ceremony slash vacation with all their families mm-hmm. now that they're grown up, so that's why it's called Grown Ups. Back, uh, back to their sort of hometown, right? Yeah, and yeah. they haven't seen each other in... We don't exactly know. We know they're still friends, but we know there's definitely been some time between when they last saw mm-hmm. each other. So it's kind of them coming back and getting to just reminisce about life, friendships, and then just rekindle that friendship more at an older stage of their life. It sounds maybe a little bit more poetic than the movie presents it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that is the basic premise of this movie. And I'll just kind of start off. Mm-hmm. When you have five comedic actors, like the ones who star in this movie, there are just going to be laughs to be had. Like, their natural chemistry together, you can obviously tell they are all friends mm-hmm. because a lot of the comedy in the movie just comes from their interactions like the 
zingers, the back and forths, probably a lot of that stuff that was just improv on set mm-hmm. because they're just five naturally funny people doing and talking like friends. Yeah. So there's that instant, like, I don't want to say they're good performances, but there is a good chemistry that those five have that you legitimately feel like they are five friends. Yeah, that's a that's a fair thing to say. Um, I think I think something I go back and forth on Adam Sandler just as much as I do on Grown Ups. Um, I think that a lot of the the uh, guile that I have, I think that's the right word. Um, a lot of the issue that I have with Adam Sandler movies is usually he's the one, he's one of the writers and usually he makes himself the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has just like these insane comebacks to people who are like talking to him. Yeah. But with this one, with this movie, I feel like it's a little bit more toned down. He's a very mellow character in yeah. this movie. He very much plays an Adam Sandler type but it's just he's an Adam Sandler dad. Mm-hmm. Stra- yeah, he has strange- kind of that dad humor to him. Yeah, strangely enough, he's kind of the straight man mm-hmm. of the group, I would say. him. Yeah. And, I think him and Kevin James... No, are- Kevin James is definitely more the physical comedy. Yeah. If oh. you really want to go straight man, it's him and Chris Rock. Yeah, Chris Rock, yes. that's Yeah, that's that's much better. Um, and I... it Another thing with the chemistry is it's cool that all the characters are different they're all in different parts of their life like yeah. Lenny Adam Sandler's character has his family like he he has an established family he his wife is Selma Hayek who you know, I good job yeah, good Adam job Sandler. Adam Sandler yeah um believable <laughs> um and then you know David Spade's just kind of I can't even remember his character I can't let's just call them by their actors yeah that's what that's who they're playing right yeah they're basically playing them it's basically Adam Sandler and his buddies on vacation the movie it's almost like a documentary in that sense it might be um uh David Spade is sort of the the single bachelor he's kind of a loser yeah kind of a loser kind of a womanizer he probably drinks too much yeah he's the sarcastic one in the group which yeah. i mean david spade role rob schneider's the weird guy right yeah he like, has a tonic. has like a ton of failed marriages because of course he does because it's rob schneider chris rock plays he's actually, not playing a racist uh, racial stereotype though good for rob schneider good he took the same class branson did apparently <laughs> yeah uh, i sat next to him kevin james plays the big guy Who's there for the physical laughs? <laughs> like that's what his role is, yeah. and it's he's funny in it. He's, he's yeah, the the Chris Farley sort of character, yeah. but with I, with Kevin James. Yes, now. not not as good as Chris Farley. Yeah. It's hard to hold a candle to Chris Farley though. And then Chris Rock actually, sorry, plays a little bit, not against type, but he definitely he his role is one of the funnier ones where he is the stay at home husband. Mm-hmm. So he gets to have a lot of those. Uh, interactions with the wife and he's he's you know doing the apron he's making the sexist jokes about himself it's pretty funny (laughs) but Mm -hmm. so ultimately you you with this description you know where this movie goes it is Mm -hmm. a film about friendship uh bonding together and reconnecting with your childhood when you now have a family is Mm -hmm. what it is and like i said these relationships are genuine you can feel it on screen where i'm going to defend this movie in adam sandler's filmography is one, it's a toned-down Sandler, Happy Madison film. It yeah. just does not go for, like, some of the Mr. Deeds, the uh, Leave It to the Zohan. Uh, you don't mis- mess with the Zohan. You don't mess with the Zohan, I mean. 
even like Waterboy, Click can even have some of those gross out scenes. This is a very straightforward, just like, it is a fairly family-friendly comedy. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of inappropriate stuff, but yeah, it's not like... Especially when Rob Schneider's daughters yeah. get introduced. There's but, a lot I mean, of this is a good movie for 12-year-olds. Yeah. 12-year-olds are going to find this funny. Oh, I, that's when I saw it. That, I think I was 12 when I saw it. Yeah, that's a great it. point. It is like, a perfect... Like, like that's the quintessential, like, yeah. hey, after school you want to go watch this movie? Yeah. yeah. And, and then we can go back and play Lego Star Wars or something. Here's maybe why I love this movie as much as I did. I saw it uh, beginning of 7th grade. I begged my mom to take me to see it when I was... Because it came out the summer of my 6th grade. I begged my mom to go take me see it. She didn't want to go see it in the theaters, so I couldn't go, so we had to see Toy Story 3 instead. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah, I know, poor thing. Uh, <laughs> but so anyway, I I just... I knew I liked Adam Sandler. I knew I liked Chris Rock, because Chris Rock at the time, his show, Everybody Hates Chris, is on Nick and Knight. Mm-hmm. So I had already kind of developed this huge like fan thing. I'd seen Kevin James at Paul, in Paul Blart, so I knew I liked him. knew I liked Sandler. Didn't know who Spain and Schneider were, really. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I get to see this movie, my uh, seventh grade, going in a going on a train to Albuquerque to visit my grandparents and aunts. Uh-huh. And I so remember, is it, like, associated with those, like, good memories? It's associated like with that because we all watched it as a family in mm-hmm. the thing. My sister would have been about nine or ten so we're all in there. We're all watching it. We're all finding it funny. Uh, we're all laughing. We're all having a good time. So obviously those memories play into my love for this movie. Because, right. you know, th- that's one of the last times I can remember all four of us being in a room watching something and having fun together mm-hmm. like that. Uh, with that said, it's also my first introduction to SNL of, to what it is. I had known about SNL probably at that time. I don't think I'd been watching it, but I certainly had seen some of the Lonely Island stuff by then. Yeah, for sure. But, I, the, SNL at that point definitely had some yeah. of those. Um, they had I those mean, the, viral sketches yeah, that were kind of going the, around. The hide and seek. Yeah. Um, mm, what you say? Yeah, and what it was you like say. a huge. Threw meme. it on the ground was huge oh, when, mm-hmm. in middle school for me. The Lonely Island era was a yeah. great era. But so anyway, this is kind of my first introduction to SNL. And that all these cast members, besides Kevin James, but I mean a lot of the cast members, including Maya Rudolph, Norm MacDonald's in there, uh, Colin Quinn's in there from SNL from this 90s era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say Dennis Miller is, I don't remember if Dennis Miller is in it, but regardless, it's all these com- comedic actors that I now learn mm-hmm. is in SNL. So that's kind of my first time to actually go back and start watching those 70s, 80s, 90s SNL, which I had never seen before. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's where I get introduced to. Steve Martin, the Blues Brothers, John Belushi. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. In the 2000s, you start getting Andy Samberg, Bill Hader. So this really, this movie also shaped my comedic sensibilities because mm-hmm. this is what led me to get into SNL, which led me to get into those comedies. What? So it's, it's this movie. I watched back, I watched three movies that trip, and I know I'm going long and I'm kind of reminiscing. <laughs> no, you're but good. But it's grown up, so it kind of feels like a little bit more of a reminiscing thing. Yeah. It is, I watched Grown Ups. Wayne's World, and then the film Bowfinger with Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy. So those oh, are three okay. films, all SNL-like kind of, not s- SNL films, but starring SNM, SNL alums. Right. So that really, sh- that weekend really shapes who I am, like, comedically, what my comedic sensibilities are. Mm-hmm. So that's why, to me, Grown Ups does have this personal nostalgia feeling, because, again, 
I don't think comedy is what comedy is to me right. without grown-ups, as yeah. weird as it may sound. No, that's t- I, that's totally fair. And, um, I mean, like I said, I, there's there's some really intelligent writing in there as well as, like, the the goofy, you know, guy getting hit in the balls joke. Um, it's it's fair... I would say it's fairly well-balanced yeah. in that. If this has a little bit more of the physical gag than just the punch in the groin gag, I feel like. Mm. They so, also have an arrow in the foot gag. Which, <laughs> I am sorry, that gag is hysterical it is, in it the It is movie. pretty funny. They sh- the arrow roulette, I think, is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. And where they That's lose such a it ridic- in the sun. It's such a ridiculous idea, too. Yeah, it's so stupid. And when they shoot it in the sun and they're like, they can't see it and they all go running and they do the slow-mo to ACDC, I legitimately <laughs> think that is a really funny movie scene. All their reactions and... Uh, as they're going slow, you see Sandler running for the dog, Kevin James <laughs> getting hit by the branch. It's just a clever, not clever, clever is the wrong word to do it. But if you're going to do that type of just physical comedy, you got to commit. It, yeah, and they it all embraces, commit to it. It embraces the kind of absurd silliness of, yeah. that, of that joke. But it's also kind of realistic because you know there are some like, we were in middle school. I did the stupid uh, knife game. Oh my with goodness! With your fingers, you know the ones. The one that we had was the eraser burn. Where yeah, the eraser. Yeah, you'd have someone erase a Until, little patch yeah. on your hand, and then you'd be like, "All right, I can take it." And then they're like, "Oh yeah, nice job." And then the moment you sweat, you're like, ah! "Yeah." But like I said, so arrow roulette's obviously a little bit more. I'm not going to say arrow roulette's more dangerous than the knife game. It's. It is more dangerous, but the knife game's pretty stupid. Where you have a lot more time to get yeah. out of the way with arrow roulette. For for those who don't know, the knife game is when you have a knife, you go in between each finger, going back, seeing how fast you can do it. We did that. Oh my stupid, goodness. but I'm saying like you st- you still have this, all your fingers yes, though. So I do. So this success. arrow roulette thing, like it does actually feel like not gonna say relatable, but certainly you're like okay, I understand yeah, why you're idiots able did to this draw when you're the parallels. Yeah, you totally feel it. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, one of the, to like kind of switch gears a little bit, I think one of the issues that I have with this movie um, is, it's, I don't know, I don't even know if I want to call it an issue, it's like a minor gripe, because this movie in general is is inoffensive. Yeah, I, it's I very think, inoffensive. Yeah, um, and I, one of the, one of the small gripes I have with it is that some of the, um, some of the, uh, what would you, like, I guess problems or, like, complications seem a little bit, um... Contrived? Yeah, a little contrived, a little rushed. Um, like, they're solved fairly quickly, and then you, I don't feel like you see enough of it. Like, with Chris Rock and Maya Rudolph their whole relationship is their relationship feels unstable yes a bit. i my maya rudolph's character is pregnant and she has a suspicion that chris rock is cheating, cheating on, on her, her with the nanny right adam sandler's nanny for his kids mm-hmm. and lenny is adam sandler's character um he has this he's this rich dude his wife is this rich lady um and he's kind of trying to hide the fact that he's rich and his kids are spoiled from his friends um and then i those are like the 
main big things. I guess Lenny's kind of the main character. Yeah, and in then that Rob sense. Schneider kind of has the thing with his daughters where he's trying to reconnect with his estranged daughters, mm-hmm. which is something in the movie. Yeah, and then I the I would say probably the weirdest. I don't even know if you could call it a conflict. It's just a running gag with the the four-year-old that still is breastfeeding Kevin <laughs> James' wife. Yeah, it makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Can I tell you? kills me every time I see it. In the I movie. think I know I, the joke that you're going to say. It's the 48 months. Just every time that scene comes on, literally die at that joke. I oh. think it's so funny. I thought you were going to talk about the one where the kid says something about oh. Selma Hayek. I don't oh. want to say it because it's not. Mommy, can I have some of her milk? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Oh. I, I don't know why. It's such a stupid joke, but it totally hit, lands for me every time. Uh, it's, That's the thing about this movie. Maybe it is that nostalgia speaking, but those jokes where I certainly would usually think, like, that's the lowest denominator, or that's just a dumb joke, I see, they hit me every time. It's the 12-year-old, like, the your inner 12-year-old mind is... The only jokes I don't like in the movie are the fart jokes. Oh, I, fart like, jokes? Fart jokes I've never found funny. I never found them funny as a kid. I don't find them funny now, and I don't find them funny in Grown Ups. Luckily for Sandler, they're far and few between in this movie. They're far and few between. Yeah, they're far and few between. <laughs> but they are, like, it's not that heavy. There are a few. They're not that terrible. Usually they're a little bit less in, uh, they're more inoffensive in this one than they are, for instance, Click, where yeah. Click has, like, the minute gag of it, which right. just And it's all. it's also not, like... It's it's hard to be more offensive yeah. than like an epic movie, disaster movie. Yeah. There's date only movie. to me there's only two movies that have genuinely funny fart scenes in them, and that is Blazing Saddles has a really funny one. Oh, where they're yeah. sitting around the campfire. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And Dumb and Dumber has a really funny one when uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's who's not Jim Carrey, who I'm blanking on the actor's <sighs> name. I can't remember uh, his name either. Great I know actor. who you're talking about. Oh, uh, some, I'm not going to pull it. But regardless, he's on the toilet <laughs> crapping his guts out. And it's so disgusting, but it's hysterical oh. comedy. But besides that, like I said, fart jokes are far and few between, which for Sandler is actually saying a lot because yeah. he definitely does like his fart jokes. Yes. <laughs> yes, he definitely does. Um, I. You want to talk about some of the smaller roles, like some of the, I guess, cameos. Okay. Can we talk about... My favorite supporting character in this movie. Two. Two's favorite supporting characters in this movie. The first one is Rob Schneider's youngest daughter. She is really she funny. She is hysterical in this movie for having such a small role. And from my awareness, not being a particularly big actress, I don't recognize her. Mm-hmm. She, with the stupid Rob Schneider hairdo, and coming, <laughs> hey. <laughs> and just like the whole time, the fact that she uses her body for comedy... That she, like she she's poking fun that she's not as attractive as these six foot uh, blonde models. Right. Like the swimsuit gag. This like oh they're totally checking me out. Just coming in with the like the yeah she's she's making fun of Schneider and just portraying it to the max and she kills it like legitimately. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's nails a, it. That's a good point. She's kind of making fun of character. That's a bit of a meta moment where she's kind of also making fun yeah. of. When Rob she Schneider's character. walks in and they're like, she has another one and they have the Pina Colada song and you just see, hey, and her hair's blowing in the wind and it's, it's all like tall. a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking everything with the daughters, the three daughters mm-hmm. is hysterical to me. Like the scene where they're all looking at the tree 
and they're like each taking turns because they don't want to be pervy all together. Right. So like, and then they like accidentally switch, and then they're all looking at the tree, and they're like, "Wait, are we all just looking at the tree?" <laughs> like, I don't know why it kills me. One, it, two, three, switch. And then the and other switch. cameo that just, oh my god, talk about just funny comedic physical gag is Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. <laughs> yeah. Steve, I'm an animal. <laughs> I'm an animal. In the water, slide straight through on his. Feet. Oh, he's he's kind of a legend. I I love Steve. Bu- I think Steve Buscemi was my was my favorite supporting actor in this because he's he has such a small role, right? But him and Sandler, one you can tell they're friends because they've been in a bunch of movies together. Mm-hmm. But Sandler also knows how to get the most out of Buscemi as a comedic actor. It feels like because mm-hmm. he's always has these gags in Sandler movies, whether it's Billy Madison where he plays the assassin that ends up saving Billy. If whether it's uh, in Hubie Halloween where he plays the guy who's supposedly a werewolf, grown-ups, he do, they seem to have fun together. And Steve Buscemi definitely does not mind being the butt of the joke. Oh, and absolutely. just going for the joke, you yeah. can tell like he trusts Sandler. And and I mean I I think I think Steve Buscemi has always been that sort of actor. I mean we we saw it in Fargo as well. Where the amount of times that he was described as that funny-looking guy, yeah, like that short, funny-looking guy, like that's one of the jokes of of this movie as well. Like they, I'm pretty sure they make fun of his looks like quite yeah, a few yeah. times. But I that the scene where they're at the water park, um, he goes where in on his feet. I he's he plays this such a like a timid character, sort of like the bully sidekick sort yeah. of character, where it's like. Yeah, what he said, and they're like, "Shut up!" And he's like, "Okay," but then they like peer pressure him into doing this thing, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know about this guys." And they're like, "Oh, come on, you're an animal!" And he's like, "You're right, I'm an animal. I'm an animal." Yeah, he gets himself psyched <laughs> he up, does, and, and he, he just, just gets destroyed. He can't go through, and he just crashes through the watershed, and is like broken for the rest of the movie. He's in a full body cast except his head, and. It's hysterical. I'm sorry. It's a really funny scene. That's really good. I what what are some other of these scenes? It's hard to even talk about the oh. plot. We can't really go through this movie chronologically because it's a lot. It, there's it's a, a lot of just line. vignettes. On. Right. Not it's, vignettes. Vignettes is the wrong word, but it is a lot of just like skits almost standing around making jokes with each other in different settings. Exactly. One of my favorite uh, gags in the movie is. Uh, the everything that is brought up with Rob Lowe and his wife, who's like 60 years old. Oh, Rob Schneider, you Rob, mean? Sorry, not Rob Lowe. <laughs> Rob Schneider and his uh, 60-year-old wife. Mm-hmm. Everything. The fact that she's like this, they're on this weird vegetation, vegetarian diet, so they're like slapping each other with the fake bacon. And the, again, a joke that always lands for me is where mm-hmm. Adam Sandler's cooking the bacon on the... Uh, insect repellent killer Mm -hmm. the zapper oh (laughs) great Uh moment that's a the uh, the maze he makes this great paste with maize maize. it's amazing the maze I don't know why the maze always kills me (laughs) both both my my mother-in-law and father-in-law both say that yeah I say fairly often I say constantly maze maze the more I hear it the more it comes around on me but one joke in this movie that every time I will burst out laughing to like fits of giggles is the scene where they're at the funeral 
and Rob Schneider is singing, singing. that song in like Italian, <laughs> and he, they're all like betting, and David Spade's like, oh, he's gonna take the knee, he's gonna take the picture and take the knee, and he gets up and he, horrible. <laughs> that yeah, that whole that part is pretty good, <laughs> and they're all just sitting there snickering. Yeah, I that's that's one of those great moments in this movie where you feel like you're in the same position where it's like you don't want to laugh because he's singing at a funeral but it's like and everyone's been there where something awkward has happened at a wedding or a funeral and it's like you want to laugh but oh we're at a wedding or a funeral we can't laugh at this that's that's a faux pas yeah but yeah that's one of those great that's a a moment that i really enjoy to describe that feeling you're talking about here's how i'll describe it you're in on the joke with them So it doesn't feel like sometimes in comedies there can be this thing where it's like the characters are goofing around and you can tell they're having fun, but it doesn't feel like you're in on it. Like you're like there's something like disconnected. This it totally feels like you are there, like friends with them and everything. Mm -hmm. And and again, that's um, I I would say more of the jokes in this movie fall into that sort of category. Mm -hmm. I mean, because they are good friends and this movie is basically Adam Sandler and friends on vacation a lot of the jokes do feel like inside jokes mm-hmm. and like you don't it's not like you really have to know the inside jokes or like the history behind a certain joke mm-hmm. but it all it does feel like you're missing something it's like with i feel like with a comedy with a good comedy everything should kind of be laid out and like the viewer should be able to laugh at a joke without feeling like they need more context that they haven't yeah. been given by the movie the jokes are just guys telling jokes to each other about like the characters that we already know in basic situations but they're funny because they're funny comedians and yes i'll kind of end with this point because we haven't brought him up i had never heard of david spade before i had seen this movie learned later that he's cusco so i had seen his work yes he in this movie kills me i think he's so funny in this movie i think every line he has just the zingers the one-liners i think they're all funny the chocolate wasted thing that he you remember when we got wasted all that stuff i think spade is hysterical in this movie and this is what kickstarted me going back and watching like snl the best of david spade dvd mm-hmm. and like got me to watch tommy, tommy boy, boy black sheep uh made me watch david spade's 90s comedy album uh david spade takes the hit mm-hmm. like i was obsessed with uh David Spade growing up, and I'm still him. I'm quite a big fan of David Spade. He's he's pretty. He he's is like, like a legitimately guy. funny dude, and he's got that he sort that, of dry. He has a delivery. really witty, sarcastic humor to him. Seth Meyers is another yeah. SNL fellow that that has that same sort of vibe to yeah. him. Like I said, I mean, even with David Spade, I watched like Just Shoot Me, which was his TV show from the '90s, early 2000s. I watched Rules of Engagement. Mm-hmm. I watched this David Spade lights out on David Spade. I've been a huge fan of David Spade forever, and this is a film that introduced me to him. And I think he's hysterical. And I think this is the only movie I really like Rob Schneider in. So credit to Rob <laughs> Schneider because I'm not the biggest fan. You of didn't Rob like Schneider. Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. I did not, and I don't like The Animal. I don't like. Uh, is it Hot Chick that he does? I don't remember. I have no I don't remember, idea. but it's like he switches bodies with like his teenage daughter or something like that. Oh. <laughs> like I said, I don't find him funny. This movie, I think he's hysterical. And just generally all around to kind of end my point, I think this movie is completely harmless, but really funny and just really naturally funny. 
<laughs> the dog, the dog just made a, a sound very akin to a large pig. Yeah, <laughs> and he we both snored. just kind of made eye contact with each other, like, "What the heck was that?" That was weird. But that's my final <laughs> thoughts. And then Branson, I'll let you have your final thought. Um, I would say, I, Bella, are you okay, dude? <laughs> Sorry, we have this dog just wheezing over here. I think she's fine. She's yeah, she's a. She, She's very good at making strange noises. Yeah, okay. Um, I'd say my final thoughts on this movie. Um, this is, again, it's a perfectly inoffensive movie. It's serviceable. Um, I'd, I wouldn't say that it deserves an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. I would, I would put it personally at, like, mid to upper 60s. Yeah. Percent. That's probably fair. Um, yeah, I, I think, like, there are definitely worse comedies that are more just, like, an inter- an endurance test to watch. Yeah, this and is this not movie. an endurance test. No. This is a quick, fast, simple, funny enough yes. movie. Yes, and if you don't like a joke, soon enough there will be another one that you will like. Yeah, because there's enough comedic talent in this movie that jokes are just going to land just one dude than a number that they're saying every second. Mm-hmm. Like, the joke per capita ratio in this movie is actually very high. Right. So there's going to be something you laugh at in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, however, did not by any means warrant a sequel. It, it and the does sequel not. Was and the bad. sequel's trash. The sequel's terrible. The sequel is terrible. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say those are my final thoughts. This I think this has been our most disorganized episode because... The we movie's kind of disorganized. Yeah. It doesn't... It's not a... It's almost... It is a movie. It's just not a structured movie. It kind of... It is a structured movie. It's, it, it does take talent to write a screenplay that goes from beginning to end. Right. In a way. But it's not like... You know, it's not a complicated movie. It's the best yeah, way to say Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's a good The way order to... of events don't really matter in this movie. Yeah, that's and a good that's point. that's kind of you what could... this podcast is for today. Yeah. <laughs> the order of events don't matter. Yeah, but Branson, are you ready? I think it's time, Ben. For what? The, the Great Debate! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Great Debate. I am your host, Ben Friedman, and we are going to be debating. Uh, we have not heard each other's questions, and we are going to ask each other a question, and we will go back and forth and see who has the best answer. Branson, with this question I'm giving you this week, I am going to go first. Okay. And I'm going to give you a second to think of it. So I'll okay. tell you my question, and then when I'm giving my answer, you can kind of be thinking about your question. Okay, I like this your, idea. Your answer. But so my question for you, Branson, is if you had to pick five comedic actors from any genre, or any time period, I mean, to like put in a grown-up's comedy and make it equally, if not funnier, who are those five comedic actors who take those spots? And Before kind of, you even answer... Yeah. I basically had the same question. Okay. I was just going to ask, what are who are five comedic actors that you would replace? This is fantastic. Spade, Rock, Sandler, Schneider, and James with. Do you want to just go one by one so we can yeah. go like Sandler? Yeah. So let's start with the basic one. Let's start with the lowest of them. It feels like in the temple is Rob Schneider. Yes. Who do we replace Rob Schneider with? Hmm. I feel like Rob Schneider is definitely the butt of the joke. Mm. Um most often and I feel like for for an actor to be the butt of the joke uh, or you need you need to have an actor who's willing to be the butt of the joke I my first thought as usual yours is Woody Allen mine no, is always no 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 I, your first thought with questions like oh. this is always like oh Woody Allen mine is usually Danny DeVito but I it 
it seems right. Like, I, Danny DeVito okay. just has the... I would say Steve Buscemi, but he's already in the movie. Yeah. But you need... He, I feel like Danny DeVito's a very easy person that can be the butt of the joke and play that character. So I have one slightly different. I'm going Rick Moranis. Ooh, okay. I'm going Rick Moranis. He, I think he could kind of do some of that small humor. You could definitely see him. There's that visual gag of him just being shorter than whoever he's with. I think that works. Rick Moranis is one of the most talented comedic actors that's ever lived. I think he brings a little bit more of a wit than Schneider does. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more of a likability, at least for me, because I like him more. But I think <laughs> he just, in general, kind of embodies that role. And he has that kind of nerd quality more, so it kind of feels like his character might be a little bit more of a nerd mm -hmm. in my take. But I think... So let's kind of keep track of it so we have our full cast at the end. So uh, mine's right now is I have... Uh, who's mine, guy? Uh, uh, you we were you uh, replaced Rob Schneider with, with uh, Rick Moranis. Rick, Ram Rick Moranis, and I went Danny DeVito because that was the first guy I thought of. So let's go to the next one, David Spade. Yes. Who do you replace David Spade with? Oh man, um, David Spade, or David Spade? No. Yeah. Is that the next one? Okay. Yeah, David Spade. Okay. I was thinking. I was thinking Kevin James. Uh, David Spade. Um. David Spade. I. That's tough because David Spade, I would say, is probably my favorite performance out of. Out yeah, of the I think five he's the funniest of the five. Agreed. Um. Oh boy. Okay. I think I have my answer. Go ahead. I'm trying to think if I actually like this answer, <laughs> but. Okay. Okay. No, you go. You go for it. I'm not. I don't like that <laughs> oh, answer. Oh man. Because um, I just figured him out in a better role. Uh, oh, does it have to be strictly oh. comedic actors? No, you can pick. I am trying to stay in the comedic genre, but you can kind of go for it. Um. Okay, I have um, mine. If okay, go ahead. I have Bill Murray. Ooh, okay. Bill Murray can do that sarcasm really well, and he has that womanizer quality to him, but he has a little bit more of the sweeter, so I think he'd bring it a little sweeter than Spade does, but he can definitely bring that comedic sensibility that Spade can't, and he brings that quick wit. Mm-hmm. Um... I feel like uh, Ryan Reynolds. No, I'm so wrong. I'm so wrong. I'm gonna change it. John Mulaney. Oh, as John David Mulaney is David Spade's character. Okay. He has a different type of quick wit to him. Yes. But he certainly could do that fast-paced joke after joke, but of hitting everyone hard on the jokes. I think he can do that mm -hmm. role, and I just like John Mulaney. Yeah, I, yeah. John Mulaney's a very easy comedian for me to like too. Um, I would say, oh shoot, who was <laughs> who was I saying before you so rudely yeah, interrupt me, Ben? Oh, gosh, this guy. Why do we even have a podcast? That was mean. I'm yeah. sorry. That was a joke. That was a bad joke. Uh, this episode is not nearly as funny as last week's. <laughs> Let's <laughs> um, just say that on air. Yeah, <laughs> just insult our product on air. <laughs> what I mean, what fun? What fun is it if we can't make fun of That's ourselves? Fair. You know. Um, I, who was I saying? David Spade's character. David Spade's character. Um, I'm never going to remember. Hold on. You had an actual actor, not a comedic one, I think. Yes. Um, oh, I, Ryan Reynolds. Mm, I, I that's feel a like, good call. That's I feel a really like David, with David Spade, I'm so glad that I remembered that. That would have been really embarrassing for the next two minutes. We were like, uh, uh. Um, but yeah, Ryan Reynolds, I think, uh, the more I see of him, the more I love him. Um, but I, I feel like he's fairly a 
adaptable. Mm. Uh, and I feel like he could play the sort of drunk single guy that's like, um, yeah, that's you know, a the really David Spade, good call. David Spade's character type. So I'll I'll go with Ryan Reynolds. I I also just really like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that's a really good call. I really like that call. Let's go, Chris Rock's character. Mm-hmm. I got mine. I have Richard Pryor. Ooh. I think that's a really solid casting. Obviously, someone that Chris Rock grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Pryor has that, again, comedic sensibility. His is very much, you can kind of see him doing very similar things to what uh, Chris Rock is doing in this movie, but he has a little bit of a faster, not faster way, because Chris Rock is very fast on his toes mm-hmm. comedian, but he definitely has a little bit more of that extravagance when you see richard pryor he has a little bit of that flair that right the showmanship like, yeah he yeah. has that like he has that star mentality I'm not saying chris rock doesn't have that mm-hmm. but richard pryor if you're just going comedic value he's one of those larger talents. than life sort of yeah. characters i think so he kind of just consumes it so i like the idea of him playing this type of character mm-hmm. and yeah. richard pryor's just amazing yeah i really 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 similarly um, I would say Eddie Murphy. I, we Great mentioned casting, him already, yeah. um, but I I know Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor are really good friends, so they have some similarities to them. Um, and I Eddie Murphy's another character or another actor that's just got this larger than life um, sort of delivery mm. of things. Um, and I mean, a great example of that is the hot tub skit from SNL like yes. classic SNL like that's get such get in the hot tub get in the hot tub gonna get me wet <laughs> should I be in the hot tub no should I make me wet ow too hot in the hot tub <laughs> like that's his performance that is just so funny um yeah and I, mean, and I feel like all, all the all the jokes that Chris Rock has where he's like oh yeah I'm the black guy like th- there's a lot of jokes like that. Yeah, there are uh, jokes here. that is race. Yeah, yes, don't don't I won't, accuse I won't, me I won't, of I won't needing to go week. back into racial sensitivity training. Um, but I he's that's a good I, call. I feel <laughs> I feel like he's got he he can deliver the lines that Chris Rock delivers in this movie in the same way, if not with even more, not even more, just like a different spin on things. Yeah, you know he. If you're talking like that larger than life that we were kind of talking about earlier with Richard Pryor, he's that times a thousand. Yes. Eddie Murphy at his prime, because I'm talking about all these actors in their prime. Yes. Eddie Murphy in his prime is unmatched. Mm-hmm. Probably in comedy history. Mm-hmm. Kevin James, I have an interesting one for you. Okay. I'm going John Goodman. Really? John Goodman is a great comedic actor who does not get to flex it all the time. But if you see roles like got a big, good voice too. Yeah, if you see roles like whether it's him on Roseanne, whether it's him in the Big Lebowski. Shut up, Donnie! You're out of your element. Yeah, Monsters Inc. Uh, just any of the comedic roles that when he does hit those, God, he hits physical. Not physical. Actually, yes, he does hit that physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Big Lebowski is physical comedy to this extent. Mm-hmm. He does anger like nobody else does. So yes, well, this ke- version of the Kevin James character is going to be a little bit more loud. He certainly could do that, and I'd like to see John Goodman kind of go into that more physical comedy range and mm-hmm. really just use himself. He doesn't take himself seriously. You can tell that's a guy who is willing to make fun of himself. And again, at the prime, like if you're talking about that big Lebowski era when he's making that comedy, unmatched comedic sensibilities. Just, right. And with that cast that I already have, I think he's great. Yeah, I. you know what? I 
at the risk of sounding like I'm copping out, I'm going to agree with you on John Goodman. John that Goodman, is that's Freeman. a complete wild card for me. I would have never thought John Goodman, but he's a great choice. So Sandler is our last one. All right, I think I've got one. For, you go first because I don't. We do not have the same one for Sandler, guaranteed. Um, I'm going to say Steve Martin. That's a really good call. That's think, a really good call. I think Steve. Martin, I didn't think about that. I think Steve Martin um, in uh, in quite a few movies. He I, plays. Cheap, he can cheaper, play that straight, Yeah, cheaper man. by the dozen. Um, You're uh, talking like. What's I mean, the, what's the one where he has a long nose? Roxanne. Roxanne, thank you. I'm thinking of stuff like where he's in Father of the Bride, or where he's in Bowfinger, or where mm-hmm. he's uh, where he plays the straight man in that. Planes, trains, and automobiles is a great example mm-hmm. where he is the straight guy of all straight guys. Right. Yes, and um, I Roxanne is is an especially good one for me. That was, I think, the main thing for me that drew Steve Martin to mind. Yeah. Um, because there's that whole scene in the bar where someone makes fun of his nose. He's in the movie Roxanne. He has a very long nose, um, and there's this whole scene where he is just out quipping this dude that made fun of his nose, and he tells twenty different. N- long nose jokes in like 20 different styles with 20 different basic like yeah. premises and I, I feel like that fits so well into the character that Adam Sandler plays yeah. especially in recent movies ready for my last one there's yes. no way you would have thought of this and I don't even know if this is the right choice but I'm going to go with it it is Don Adams who played uh, Maxwell Smart in the original Get Smart TV oh show. Oh my goodness. Here's why I'm the picking... Name's Smart. Maxwell yes. Smart. Here's why I am picking Don Adams. One, one of the best comedic actors Dude. that has ever lived and is so underrated. He's hilarious. There, in, in the show Get, Smart, Get Smart, he is so funny. There is not a scene where he is off his game. That is a guy hitting it a thousand at all second. Yes. And the reason I'm picking him is because he doesn't get to play more than the bumbling idiot in comedies and again he nails it he nails the physical comedy he uh nails the arrogance the brashness the stupidity of the character the lovingness of the character Mm -hmm. those softer qualities he nails it all i would love to see him kind of get to take that role and bring some of those same qualities that sandler does have in those movies he does have the stupidity uh he does have kind of the gags he does have that physical comedy that arrogance at times mm. like he has all those qualities give him a role though where he's a little bit more of the straight guy where he's reacting to the situations what because yes. that is what he does best and gets smart mm-hmm. it is when something crazy is going on it's his reaction to it right. whether it's, it's, those his, lines, it's his need to adapt yeah, to, to whether what it's is going the on lines he gives where it's like he almost gets shot missed it by that much or like when something happens to him and he's like oh i got five guys out in the back all armed with machine guns and they're like do you and he's like would you believe believe a girl scout with a bicycle or something (laughs) like that take that role and put there in put that in i think it's brilliant and Mm -hmm. he maybe i'm putting it in because again don adams is an actor who just needs to be appreciated more because honestly guys if there's anything you get out of this podcast Go, Go watch. watch Don Adams in Get Smart. Yes, Get, I second that. Watch the that. Get Smart TV show from the 60s. You've never seen comedy done like this. And Mel Brooks yes. produces it, executive produces it. You've never seen comedy that is this refined on TV. I was it's a say, perfect show. With, with Mel Brooks, like, 
I at some point we were going to cover. I mean, I, the first movie that we talked about, Young, Young Frankenstein, Frankenstein, and we're going to talk mil- about Blazing Saddles I, probably sooner I, rather than later. I am so excited to talk about Blazing Saddles at some point. I wrote my college one of my college papers on yeah. Blazing Saddles, but I, Mel Brooks, I the overpowered choice for this move for getting back to Grown Ups to bring this full circle put Mel Brooks in the director's seat for for oh, either one of our casts for either one of our casts Mwah. beautiful I it takes Mel Brooks is for great. me it would take grown-ups to like this next level I it would it would rival some of like the other classic like the producers or blazing saddles or like those tentpole comedy movies I had a different name now thinking about it for director but I like Mel Brooks I'm going Ben Stiller and here's okay. why I'm going Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller is a divisive comedian, director, actor, and all that. I know he doesn't. I know certainly he does not have his fans. One thing I think Stiller does not get enough credit for is he knows how to direct the heck out of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Like, he nails ensembles, whether it's in uh, Zoolander with that huge ensemble it has, or the one I'm specifically Did he direct thinking. Zoolander? I think so, yeah. Wow. Pretty sure he directed Zoolander. Oh. Or the one that I'm specifically thinking, take a cast like Tropic Thunder that Ooh. has all those actors from the top three to Bill Hader to Tom Cruise to Matthew McConaughey. Take all those actors and get the performances that you get out of that movie. Jason Bateman, Tobey Maguire in small roles. Like, if you give him a cast like this, imagine what Ben Stiller can get out of a cast like that. And that's what excites me about the idea of Ben Stiller directing this style of movie. Because I think he doesn't get enough credit for, one, his comedic sensibilities, but, two, just how good of a comedic director he is mm-hmm. and how well he directs an ensemble. Yeah, I've never had a problem with him. That's, yeah. a good, that's, a, that's a very unique and interesting choice. So just to run down, my list again is Don Adams, John Goodman, Richard Pryor, John Mulaney, and Rick Moranis. And mine is Steve Martin, also John Goodman, Eddie Murphy, Ryan Reynolds, and Danny DeVito. I'm also just imagining all of them now. <laughs> that would be such a mismatch, such a mismatched in age and life experience. And like, how do you draw a even a tenuous line between? Can you imagine? Just sorry, real quick. John Mulaney and Don Adams talking together. Oh my goodness! It's a dream come true. Beautiful. And with that, that is the end of the show. Brancet. You'll be away next week. I'll have a co-host. I won't announce that just yet in case it falls through. But we'll be back next week in some form. I'll be here. Branson will be back in two weeks. And yeah, guys, have a good week. Take care. And check out my new show, Ben Fellas. We should be having an episode drop before you hear this one. Do you hear this Grown Ups one? And then for Father's Day, I'm doing a really special episode for Ben Fellas where I am talking with my dad about a movie that we both love. There you go. Take care, guys. Have a good day. Godspeed.